Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Podcast. We are here to talk about... What? Did you hear just a big drop of something? What did you drop, Shai? I was pulling those headphones down and putting your ones on. Drop some headphones, it's fine. Um, yes, I, I, let's kick things off with an in-joke that no one possibly would have heard. Um, right, I'm Paul Machen. I'm joined by Ross Chanley and Chris Pajak for the pod. Um, we have got a kick-off question uh, from... Right? Yeah. Why are you both looking at your watches? Well, I got a phone call. I probably wanted to know the time. I got a fax. You got smoke signal. It's been a great start to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Kickoff question comes from Joe Clark. If you had to have one of Konchesky, Poulsen, Jovanovic, or Balotelli in the current first team, who would it be, Chris? That's a real Sophie's choice of a question. Yeah, they've got to go in the in the in the So where could they do the least damage? Next to Virgil van Dijk, Kincheski. So, all right. So, you left. So, left back in a system that is fundamentally hinged on the success of our fullbacks. Yes. You go, Paul Kincheski. Absolutely. <laughs> because he's next to Virgil van Dijk, and that's that's all I need to know. Yeah. Anything better than that? Balotelli. Why? He's fucking terrible. Because he'd be far away from our fucking goal, so we can see seven again. Yeah. And also, at least you have some laughs along the way. Do you remember how I was having Balotelli? Do you remember any laughs? Yeah, I'm a, yeah. No, no. They were all at City. Yeah, exactly. All we had to do was like, yeah, oh, it's all the things that he did. It's all the interesting, charismatic things that he did. They were all at Manchester City. He was just a bore at Liverpool. He was a, a shit fucking bore. massive shit bore. I can't believe that. He didn't even celebrate his goals. What a dickhead. Like, I get like the, well, does a postman celebrate with Liverpool? No, but a postman doesn't have one of the greatest jobs on planet Earth and doesn't have 45,000 adoring people hanging on every action. And also, does. to be fair, maybe they should. There's, there isn't a load of people stopping him. Post the letters. It's, he just walks up and pushes it in. You know what I mean? It's no, not a difficult thing. And let's be honest, if a postman writes, if he had like a tricky dog to get past, yeah. I bet he would do a little. Yes. If he emerged without exactly. being bitten. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking horrible, horrible minge bag. Um, there is Balotelli no right answer was. to that question, is there? It's probably Jovanovic because, like, you can get by with Firmino and Salah, uh, uh, you know what I mean, or Mane and Salah or whatever. You could get by with, you could probably still win the league with two from three of our front three. I, I, and Jovanovic's just providing width. <laughs> just go and stand on the touchline, mate. And we'll, every now and again, we'll shape to pass to you. Yeah. For no one to mark him because they know he's shit. Yeah, yeah I mean, eventually, now, Lord if, of Diminishing Returns. If the, yeah. if the question was about squad, I probably would still go Kincheski because, you know, Chimacas has got like an injury um, mm. so he's out at the moment so we could probably do with a backup left back at the moment that's not James Milner wasn't Christian Poulsen like a Danish international I yeah. mean, we remember him the worst but he was probably actually you know, Balotelli was probably the best on paper um, Italian international played in major major international tournaments Poulsen probably wasn't like we've. I think we've stigmatised but I, I'm getting, probably going to get slaughtered for this we, he was terrible yeah he was, ter- he was terrible for us but I don't think he was Paul Kincheski was fucking rubbish. And yeah, Ivanovic, I have no idea what he did 
pre or post to us. pull some fell file of Roy Hodgson's system. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that was it. He just wasn't good. Neither, they're just not we're good enough to play for us. That, yeah, okay. yeah. they're certainly not good enough now. I'm actually interested. I have no idea what happened to Milan Jovanovic. Does anyone care? Does anyone care? Nope. No. no. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll find out anyway. Um, he, um, I mean, he was mentioned in Neighbours once. I think, I think it was. That was good. He went yeah. to Anderlecht after us. Cool. And I think he just died. <laughs> I think he's dead. No, career ended two seasons after after that. There you go. It was just as interesting as that yeah. gets. Um, right, yeah. Maybe he um, wouldn't be the best pick to go in the front three then, considering you know he ended his career at age twenty six when but, no one gave him a club. Yeah, I mean, talk, think about the celebrations if he still managed to score for us though, compared to <laughs> compared to Balotelli. Um, yeah, let us know in the comments. Actually, I, I've completely forgotten to get them up for this, but I will do momentarily. Uh, right, we're going to be discussing uh, Liverpool's lack of immunity to the madness of football. Um, I you say COVID then. <laughs> and, and, yeah, well, COVID <laughs> as well, quite clearly, as Shaqiri joins the, uh, the, the, the isolating list. Um, Bouvac hasn't congratulated anyone from Liverpool on the title win. Uh, no new goalkeeper, as we've seen, um, as the transfer window has shut. And a little bit about the, the other bits of pieces of madness that have happened around the Premier League this weekend and all that. Um, once again, I've had no pre-conversation with Simon about this. Simon, have you got the merch advert? A membership advert? No, of course not. Uh, you can join uh, Red Men memberships right now. Uh, you get access to custom emotes, which you can use in all of our live streams, just like this one and the watch-alongs as well. If you join at club captain or club legend level, you get the final word show, the weekend final word show, which, I mean, sounds like a shit offering this week because it's a, a, an hour talking about Liverpool getting beat 7-2. Um, because I really, really enjoyed that show more than I, I felt. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember sitting here Sunday night and saying, you know, once that final words over and done with, I'll forget about the results, and it worked. Yeah. Like I, it, it's, I've got that monkey off my back now. It's just it's ready to move forward. It's Everton now. Once you know we get our players back, and hopefully they're all alive. And once we finish talking about it today on this show, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, very, very good, very therapeutic, and yeah, you can get involved with all of that, of course. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Ross, it was just a mad weekend of football. So we'll talk about the other teams in a little bit, but I think we all. Particularly because City dropped points again and we were so good on the Monday against Arsenal. I genuinely felt like we were going to be, like, uh, footy would just be crazy, but Liverpool would just be Liverpool. And yeah, and, uh, like 7-2 is, like, <laughs> these, they, I think this thing, this kind of stuff is going to continue to happen. Um, so again, it's, it's annoying that it's happened to Liverpool, but I'm also taking I take a little bit of solace that we're not the only club that's had mad results since the football's come back. No, and for all the reasons we spoke about in the final word of like you know this isn't a regular thing for Liverpool, is it? You know I think we we cited the Spurs game and probably Stoke six one Watford as well. You know we're, we're very very lucky we get to watch this football team week in week out. I said this, the same thing. You know City got got shafted, Man United got shafted. You know I think there's only Everton that are the only team that are, you know four and four at the minute, which is the only annoying thing. And on paper, you know, Leeds, Leeds first game, Chelsea and Arsenal, be like, we come through all of them. So on paper, Aston Villa was like, oh, sound, this would be a piece of piss. And maybe that crept into the players' heads as well. It was, yeah, it's just really annoying, isn't it? Cause, because I, I, I just had no idea what to expect from this season, really. And I think there's a, there's, we've maybe lulled ourselves into a false sense of security that everything was just going to continue. We're just going to pick up where we left off when footy was proper again. And yeah. Again, it's just something we're going to have to be aware of moving yeah, forward. Make no mistake about it, for me, the fans is making a massive difference to this season. I don't know whether it's giving teams confidence or it's not giving some teams confidence or whatever, but these type of results are starting to look a little bit like the normal four weeks into the season. And, you know, I, I don't know whether you need to change your approach to games, whether you need to start faster. Um, but then you could say that and then Tottenham go 1 0 down and go and absolutely batter Manchester United so maybe that's not the the answer but I, I think I think you need to try and break a team very early in the game uh, and make make them think that there's no way back in make them think that normally we'd have fans there Gino's on and all that type of stuff so I tend to tend to fall on that line start start fast first 20 minutes try and blow a team out get a couple of goals up and, and see what happens whether you can mentally break the side because I think Liverpool were mentally broken on Sunday against Aston Villa I think they did that too so I think you've also got to take into consideration that Aston Villa have had a week's longer pre-season than everybody else which had to come out I think I saw her on Twitter last night so I think that 
that's a really interesting point as well. Maybe they're just a bit more on it mm-hmm. um, than Liverpool were, but that's that, that's no excuse. I mean, two things happened. Liverpool played the worst they've played in years, and Aston Villa played absolutely brilliantly. And when those two things happen at the same time, you get mad results like I, this. The thing, the thing that I think is important to look at in this is momentum. And in momentum in games, crowds shift momentum one way or the other. So if you're losing, a crowd can drag you up from nothing. And equally, you know, a crowd can beat you into nothing. But also, if you're on top and you're cruising, a crowd can go flat and it can suck the energy out of what your team's doing. Whereas I, I wonder whether just the, the absence of crowds, and this is a good, the weekend was a good example of that. I think it's very, very difficult to shift momentum in matches. I mean, I don't know about any, anyone's had personal experience in footy, but I've had this all the time. I, you know, I play for so many terrible football teams that when you went two or three down, you knew it was done. And there could have been 15 minutes gone in a football match. It's very, you need a certain number of things to go your way. You need a bit of luck or maybe you need the right type of players and the right mentality. There's an interesting comment here in, in the live comments from Knox here saying, games like Sunday make you realise what Hendo brings to this team. Um, no way would he have allowed that performance. I touched upon this in the final way, Ross. I w- this is where I, let's, just, let's look at personnel as an example of this. We can't have crowds. So we do, do we need a couple more lads on the pitch who are just... The kind of lads who don't take no for an answer to kind of help us should momentum shift against us in a game. Yeah, I think it's individual basis or maybe even team basis. You look at West Ham, you know, they've beaten Wolves and then they went and beat Leicester away at the weekend as well. So the crowds to them, you know, on the face of it, it looks like it benefits them. For Liverpool, I just I say sometimes I don't know on the final word. Like I think by the time Milner came on, the the, the game was done. But in game management's a massive thing. For those Liverpool players, and like the system didn't work, and no Klopp changed it at half time and went to went to four two three one. But again, that was a, a roll of dice. By it was done. If you have Henderson in there, you look really confused. One of you is just shaking the table weirdly. It's really confused me. Who could it possibly be? <laughs> um, right. sorry. I was like, sorry, I've been watching a lot of Jurassic Park. The uh, the fucking liquid in my tea was going. Yeah. I was like, fucking really. That's all we need for twenty twenty is fucking dinosaurs <laughs> going back in. Fuck me. Um, but yeah, no, Henderson would have benefited, but you know he wasn't used and clearly wasn't ready to play that game. So and again, it was yeah. it, it was done. So why why risk him for? Oh, but this um, is I'm not saying again. I'm not saying this. We should have brought Jordan Henderson in. This isn't that conversation. This is taking this is taking Sunday and moving forward from that. Is I think this will happen again because at the moment, what looks like the best way to beat Liverpool is to do what Leeds and Villa have done. Is to try and do what Chris what Chris is saying our approach should be. Is to fly out yeah. there and try and get the momentum in your favour. And I'm saying it's very difficult now to claw momentum back because it, it, it is in football matches and whether moving forward the importance of Jordan Henderson and a Thiago Alcantara, for example, could prove to be even more important than, than we think. Well, fitness and squad depth will be huge for, for teams. Like The first two weeks very much felt like ca- trying to catch each other out of, of who's fit, who's ready for this season. And that's why you were seeing you know scores of you know four three like for for Liverpool and Leeds have continued to do that. Squad depth is another thing. I think the use of three substitutions... Is is fine for some players, but for some teams, sorry. But Liverpool having, you know, now we've seen the transfer window close. But we're going to reap the rewards of Shakiri staying or you know, Gruich and stuff because you get to Christmas, December. Sounds Klopp's got twenty odd people you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, when Aston Villa, who might get two three injuries, but well, they haven't got the squad depth. Might Liverpool. not even be able to register Gruich. Yeah, or, um, or Shakiri. Or Shakiri. It's one of the two of them is probably oh, not going to be yeah. able to be registered um, because of the rules around homegrown players and seventeen um, internationals or whatever. I, it's funny, isn't it? Because momentum. You know, th- th- so many people say that it doesn't exist in sports and. I just completely disagree with that. To be honest, it does. It's not meant to exist game on game, game by game, but it, it definitely I mean, exists. I think it does. Much. I think it does both. To be honest with you, I think if you just take 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 what people say, where momentum doesn't exist in sports, and look at every fucking game you've ever watched, and just look at it, and 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 try and look at it from a point of view is where is the momentum? If you if you just take a step back it exists it, like fans make a difference to games fans can bring you back into games or lose games for you and you, you just have to see like when when teams go on 26 games run that's momentum
momentum. You know what I mean? They, whether that's momentum or it's confidence from the last 25 results, call it what you want. It, yeah. it fucking exists there somewhere. So I, I have a tendency to agree with you. I think the no fans thing, you need a vocal side. I think Bayern Munich have been the most vocal side. I thought Liverpool have been probably the second most vocal side that I've seen in, in games where you can hear what's going on. And it's like, a, it's like you're creating your own noise. You, you're trying to suffocate them with your words and, and you're trying to get into their heads and stuff. It depends what type of a player you are, of course, because you know I know people that are dead loud on the footy field who are boss, and I know people who are dead loud on the footy field who are shit. Yeah. You know, and and vice versa. I know quiet people, but I think as a team, you need leaders. You need people shouting, keeping them on the edge of the toes, and all that type of stuff, and just making sure that they're on in each and every single day. Liverpool have got a squad full of leaders, but are they the right type of leaders for the, those type of situations? Is Virgil Van Dijk the right type of leader for when everything's gone sh- to shit? Yeah. Probably not. But when you're 3-0 up and you want someone to, a, a, an air of confidence, a great leader... You can't and, grab the game by the scruff of the neck from centre-half. No, and not with not with a calmness like Virgil, but you can when you're a Henderson or you're a James Milner and you're loud and you're vocal. Sadio Mane as well. I mean, that's, that's one thing that's considered... Because I think Mo Salah did everything in his power to grab the game and try and drag it towards something. He, he looked on it. You know, it's interesting I saw someone... It was like the highlights compilation of his performance. And so how can you have a nine out of ten performance in a game where you've lost seven two? And it was because Salah was just being Salah. He was trying to get on the ball. He was trying to score. He was trying to drag the team forward. And Andy Robertson as well, I think, to, to, to some extent. But they needed just to be one or two more. And Mane is another example of that. Is Mane will just go get the ball, beat three men, and everyone goes right, okay. Well, Sadio's on it today, so come on, lads, let's charge behind Sadio. Henderson similar in the midfield, and again, it's too soon to tell on, on Thiago, but again, I feel like he's an, an additional reason to buy in him is because of the current footballing climate and environment, because you want you need players who are supremely confident winners, whose whole style of play is to just encourage us to, again, to drown yeah. the life and out also, of the And going back to the momentum thing, I think you need players who can change momentum. Suarez was a player who could change momentum. No matter how he's playing at any point during the game, he could swing it in your favour. Mane's one of those players. Mm-hmm. He can have a shit game, but you can give him the ball, he'll be two men and stick it in the back of the net. It doesn't matter to him what, what, what the game state is like or how he's performing. So, Salah's one of those players, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, other than that, but I wouldn't say Bobby was one of those players, but Mane certainly is, so we were missing one of ours. Yeah, I mean, and look, again, in terms of momentum, it stems from setting the tone, I think, in football matches. And look, like Mane could have been sent off against Arsenal, he could have done, but he also told the Arsenal players that he wasn't going to take any shit by doing so, Ross. You know, he, he'd be very physical from, from the first minute, and when one of your wingers, effectively, is doing that, then, you know, you, you, it puts the fear or doubt into opposition minds and we didn't really have any of that against Aston Villa to be honest but I think Virgil did it by by or by the by the fact of being slightly off the pace just on Virgil right if say say Milner makes that tackle that Virgil gets a yellow card for you're probably like go on Milner's going to G the lads up when it's Virgil who's someone who's a calm player you, the, I got the exact like opposite yeah, yeah, the exact opposite. So it does depend on what type of a player you are and what type of a leader you are. Mm-hmm. How other players on the field react to that. Yeah, if you if you're like if you're like a, a touchline suit manager and you start like cracking, it will. Yeah, it looks like you've cracked, not like you've decided to do something positive. It's like that time that we had that teacher. Uh, we won't name his name, but he he, he basically tripped over the desk. Uh, and decided rather than go, I've just tripped over the desk and get buzzed off by the class. He pretended it was his new teaching method and started like jumping around, like it's about. And he's like, "What are you doing, you fucking idiot? You've lost the plot!" And he started like screaming at like desk, at like drawers and fucking things and all this. Like he stumbled upon a new teaching method. He's like, "Now nah, you've lost the plot, mate. You fucking weirdo." Um, but yeah, I mean, sorry, Ross. Anyway, um, but this, 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 Chris is right in that, isn't it? You know, there's you've got to have those type of players for those type of games, and we didn't. Nobody. Nobody from the Liverpool team set the tone in the early stages. No, and not only that, because the game was so erratic, like a man he can win you a free kick and just calm things down or get your possession in their third. Whereas it was just it was pinball, wasn't it, for, for 90 minutes. But on Van Dijk, like he went to ground twice in that game. He never does that. No. So I had the exact same reaction of going like, oh, like either his head's gone or he just can't be after this or the yellow card incident. Like he's just gone, oh, fuck this. I've, I've had enough and he's taken him out. You know, and it's the same for... <laughs> 
for for managers, I suppose, like when Guardiola was at uh, when we played at Anfield and he seemed losing his head, that plays into the rest of the squad as well, then, doesn't yeah. it? And it's just that same for Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool players see Virgil Van Dijk go, oh shit, he's gone to ground here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, a, a great example of this, and I know it's really near the end of the game, but Klopp sits on the hoardings. Oh, yeah. never sits on the hoardings. <laughs> now it's seven two. Every player doesn't need Klopp sitting on the hoardings to tell them that the game's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the game's over when the manager just goes, "Okay, I'm just going to sit over here." Like, yeah, yeah, it's true, isn't it? You do the mean accounts for a lot. I think the Pep example is perfect because if Pep Guardiola loses his head in a football match, City lose. Yeah, we do. You know, or, or they're on the, or you know, they're not going to claw it back in any way. Sure, but it's him doing the, the twice, 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 or him getting sent off in the Champions League against us. At, you know, at half time and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, it's it is it's it is a thing. And Liverpool do need to do more of that in football matches. I think you keep keep not just keeping their heads, but also having lads who just turn around and like know you more. I want more from you. I don't want your head to drop on easy because it shouldn't be underestimated. Like again. Like your Joe Gomez's and your Trent Alexander-Arnold, who both had pretty poor games, are both still relatively young lads. And I, and you know Virgil Van Dijk is, I always say, and he's he's definitely more of a Gerard type captain. He's much more of a roll your eyes and give you a withering glance than a come on, mate, you can do it. Pick yourself up, go. Let's let it all. You know what I mean? That that which is what Joe, I think Jordan Henderson does a bit of both. I don't think Hendel takes any shit, but I also think he is definitely like a. He's the kind of guy who would run back in a fucking marathon and fucking and drag it across the oh, finish Henderson line. screams at people. He, yeah. he does. He yeah, absolutely yeah. does. Like, yeah, oh yeah. He spends most of the game doing it to the, to the referee, so God knows. Like, and again, that's what, what we were missing, but I didn't see any of that. Like, even when, you know, after goals or chances, it wasn't like Virgil van Dijk screaming at people because that's not the type of player he is, but maybe he needs to adapt to that. Yeah. You know, we always talk about Liverpool being winners now and their winning mentality. Well, it's fine if you show up, but sometimes you need that grit that Henderson's got to, to take you through, and it just shows how much we missed him. Look, Manchester City's a perfect example of how important yeah. leadership is in a side. Company, great defender, but his leadership was more important than his defensive uh, technique and abilities. And, and look what's happened to them since. They've had basically a year and a bit now where they're still trying to replace him. That leadership is so important that we just don't talk about it enough. Yeah, no, I completely and agree. And it was Fabian Delph as well who used to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, just want to take a brief pause to say uh, welcome to Matt Williams, who's joined as a club Thank captain you, on YouTube membership, who gets access Matt to Bill. the... Matty Bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, who gets access to the final word shows every single week. Um, yes. Um, we will take uh, comments. If anyone wants to throw some bits and pieces into the comments, we will talk through a few of them as we go. Um uh, I have, thanks. I, uh, yeah, the LFC 101 saying, come on, you Reds. Uh, we'll be there through hard times too. Yeah, I mean, me and Chris made a big, a big point of this, Ross, is that, and it's going to be hard because at the moment we're only a couple of days in now to the break. Two weeks is a very long time when Liverpool haven't won the game prior to it. You know, think about the break between the Community Shield and, and the league start, and it was just absolutely toxic for a while. And it's important to remember this, and this isn't like a like let's all be happy, clappy, ultra positive dickheads. It's that you know sometimes you lose football matches. You don't often lose them as ridiculously as this. So we've all kind of got to sit here and take our take our just desert, take our beatings. I think everyone just hates the international break full stop, don't they? You know, if you lose going into it, then you don't like it. If you're on a winning streak of four games, you know, happy we're on Sunday. Like, oh, fucking hell, international break. Like, what a bad time, bad time to have this. So, um, that can just get in the bin, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But I get this, this concerns from Liverpool's form from the back end of last season. I know that the season was done and stuff, but I think that plays into people's minds yeah. even more. And then we got two weeks to kind of sit and stew on something because football's so quick. We, what, we played three games in, in six days last week. The worst of us, and I mean, and by the, uh, worst of us, weakest of us, you know, whatever it is. And we all have these moments, by the way. Uh, like the fatalists among Liverpool's fan base, it's it never goes away. But they also most most people would just was a switch off social media. But the ones of us who creep into it and to have a look are brought down by the by the ones who've, whose, whose heads go the quickest because it's causality. It's whenever uh, something negative happens, it's immediately tacked onto every negative thing that happened yeah. in the build up to it, or at any point in the past, as long back as you want to serve the purpose that will feed your anxieties and fears over it. Whereas Liverpool are on a we're on a three game winning streak in the league. Added in the, uh, the, the a really big league cup win uh, in the mix as that, and and the ones who were most upbeat about it were like, well, that's just Liverpool back to being the the, the team that put down 196 points over two seasons or whatever it was. Um, 
neither of them's correct. Because again, as much as a form of momentum does exist, also again statistically, momentum doesn't quite exist in that in 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 that same way, particularly given the gap between you know the various things. But I mean, the, ultimately, the point is, Chris, is that to go a bit clop, it's just football. You know, there's nothing we can kind of do about it. You've got to take the rough with, and you've got to take the smooth. Yeah, and you've got to Liverpool have got to go out there and prove that it was a one-off. Um, right now, there's a lot of people sitting there. I will and tell you, I think that's a one-off. Um, but you can't make any hard, fast judgments on it until until there's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more games. Yeah. Either way, whether you think it's a, a, a sign of something that's systemic within the club or whatever, you can't make a decision on that until you've got another ten games because we've lost one game this season out of four. Yeah. Um, you know, until you can, until you've got the analytics to be able to suggest that it's more than that. Shut up. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, <laughs> because I remember sitting here a week before thinking that's one of the best performances we've put in against Arsenal. Now, Norm and, and Liverpool have got better each game as well. You know, obviously there's things with the Chelsea game and stuff, but that Arsenal performance was a complete performance. And then obviously the, the performance at the weekend was a fucking shit show. Complete, yeah, complete shit show. Complete yeah. performance, complete, complete disaster, yeah. Um, uh, Zeta says, Villa fan here in peace. Over the years, we've had a decent record against Liverpool. I think Sunday was a freak result. You lot had a surprisingly off day and we had an unusual on day. Good luck for the season. Brilliant they comment, were brilliant. thank you. They were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. They deserve loads of credit. I mean, Barkley was class, but Jack Grealish was... Jack Grealish was the player that everyone, you know, the people who, who blindly love Jack Grealish and have done for a number of years. That's the player that everyone's been talking about. Like if he was like, if he played like that every week, he'll be one of the best players in the Premier League because he's look at him. I don't know, I don't know how tall he is, but he looks over six foot. He looks strong, powerful. He's got good pace. He's got unbelievable. I mean, he. Pulls Virgil van Dijk's pants down. Have you seen that clip? Yeah, where he not mix him as well. Oh uh, my god! Like you know, Virgil van Dijk needs to go and sit in the corner and look at the wall for fifteen minutes after that. He needs to get put on the naughty step. Yeah, 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 because that's just unacceptable. Like that, you can have your pants pulled down so significantly. But it's all the credit in the world to uh, to Jack Grealish for that. Um, the great Metropolis here saying that the high line nearly cost us against Leeds and Arsenal. Not a one-off. Um, we said this, uh, Chris, on the, the final word show, but it's worth repeating from the, on the on the public podcast, is this is the thing we have to brace ourselves for. It's banter off rival fans, but it's also really, really, I think, and I don't want to dig Great Metropolis out here, but it's very knee-jerk reaction analysis to the high line as though the, the style of play that Liverpool have, constru- have built towards and constructed over the years needs to get fucked off because uh, we got beat in this game and opposition teams have had another couple of chances, completely ignoring the fact that if you play a low block, um, you can concede chances. And ignore the fact we won a Premier League and a Champions League with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like Aston Villa got loads and loads of men behind the ball and we had as many shots on target as they did. So it, you get, you get the Yeah, point. I think... Not look, clear. Cool. No, look, the application of the high line at the weekend was atrocious. Yes, that's, there's nothing to say other than that, but you can train how to get better at it. You can train when to drop and when to push forwards, and I think that's the problem at the moment. We're not applying that high line at quite the same level as we were last season, and teams are attacking it more now. Um, and I don't know why that is or whatever, but and I, I, I do think that you know Trent not being as involved going forwards is not helping us with the high line because it's not forcing the likes of Grealish and Watkins to think about him going forwards. I think Robbo did all right, but then Robbo's not getting attacked behind him. Yeah. So whether someone it whether it's in Trent said or it's a team thing where he's not quite fit enough to get up and down the pitch every single game in the same manner as he did last time. Whether the talking between Gomez, Van Dijk, Trent, and Robertson isn't as good as last time you see players moving in opposite directions mm-hmm. and that's yeah. what I've seen so far this season I didn't see any of that last season yeah. if they're all moving in sync with each other and at the right time the high line can work you can still concede chances mm-hmm. absolutely and you will do but it for me it's the application of the high line that's the issue at the moment it, I wonder whether there's just something to Arsenal and the community shield and you know and probably you know other teams maybe were in um, post lockdown but they don't spring to mind as much but how Aubameyang was used in that in that Community Shield game, just put him high and wide and don't ask him to defend. And you make Liverpool make a decision there. Is like, does Trent want to get caught out? Because he's going to get the stick. Doesn't matter whether he's being told to push on or not. In, you put the fear of doubt into 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 Trent's mind that if if this does break down and I'm out of position, 
I'm, I'm going to get absolutely slaughtered for it. And I just wonder whether it's a bit like this. You remember when Brendan Rodgers did that mad leave three men up for a corner yeah. thing? Um, whether teams are doing that a bit going, well, look, Liverpool can fucking batter us. They can batter us with 11 men behind or, you know, with 10. But we give ourselves a bit more chance and maybe teams are just sacrificing a defence to yeah, someone yeah, to track I back think, in. Yeah, I think you're probably right. For me, when I look at it and I try and analyse it, right, I wonder whether changing Fabinho's position slightly will help us with this. And and we're going to have to do something. I don't know exactly what it is. But, you know, you see so many teams with defensive midfielders dropping into centre-half. I just wonder whether if Fabinho did that and the two full-backs went forwards, then Gomez and Van Dijk just split slightly, whether that might be an option for us moving forward. Well, the other thing we've seen, I mean, Naby, when he was playing, when he played brilliantly against Arsenal in the first half, he was actually dropping in there into Trent's position. He was he was playing it right back. Yeah, at they, times. they do that a lot when they transition forwards, and and, and therefore they, they, Naby's there. I don't think he's the right type of player oh, God, to no, be no. in that position. Yeah, which is what led me to the thoughts around Fabinho because Gomez is okay there, and and I think. The problem that we've had at the moment is last season, for me anyway, whenever we were engaging or, or or running backwards to let the opposition have it, we seemed to make the right decision at the right time. Think of their last goal, the Grealish's little chip one actually that goes towards uh, in, in, near post yeah. of Adrian. Trent doesn't run back. Trent tries to intercept the ball. Yeah. Now, that's, that's, if he makes the right decision and runs back... The end result might have been slightly different. Yeah. So it's me. You still, even with a high line, you're still going to make the right decision at the right point. Yeah. And I just wonder whether we're engaging or not engaging at the wrong points at the moment for me. And individual errors is still costing us. And, it, and it's worth remembering all of this. And again, this is, by the way, this is true to differing levels for all teams, Ross. But we've got we've become so used to Liverpool just not losing in the league that we forget that it does take two months to get up to speed and that's when you've had a proper pre-season which Liverpool haven't so we're judging this football on, on the standards of what we I mean, because again just watching it on telly if you only ever watch footy on telly then the, you, you won't appreciate there's a difference in it it's just the same package it looks a bit different because there's not people jumping up and around in, in the stands and all the things you know again these are, these are players who have not come in a pre-season so we're judging the standards of the football as though it's the normal football because we're being told now that this is this this is footy. We actually don't know how to judge this type of football anymore. Yeah, but equally Aston Villa aren't a proper pre-season either. No, no but that's my point. What I mean is, is that yeah, but you, yeah. this is this. I'm saying it's true across the board. But we're the standards by which we're going. We're expecting everyone to be perfect, and everyone's not going to be perfect. There's good. That's why there's loads more freak. What well, another contributing yeah, yeah. factor towards freak results is because every player in the league is a little bit off. After the rest, and it's going to take them longer than we even understand to find a, 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 the, the normal equilibrium in a non-normal way yeah. of playing football. And probably even more so when you look at, at Jota. Like I'm, I don't want to don't want to single him out, but maybe that's the importance highlighted of, of Manny's defensive work as well. Like we lost the ball in midfield loads because we were just overrun. Maybe Jota's still you know trying to adapt to our system and learn that system. I know they said he, he was really good at it. But also, like, Manny's been doing it for, for two, three, four years now, hasn't he? But with Jota, you throw him in, you put Naby on the right, which he doesn't normally do, just completely fucks things up. You know, he's got to be aware of where Trent is and, you know, that knowledge versus understanding chat that you have with, with Dave Maddock, that's still that important. So when you're saying there's, there's no pre-season for them, you're integrating new players and you're having a bit of a shit day anyway, like fucking Joe Gomez's head dropped quicker than the, the defensive line did, you, you're going to have, a, you're gonna have a, a, a bad time. And I, I expect Liverpool will, will probably lose again. I think you're right. We don't like it when Liverpool lose. So we're going to hate it when we get battered seven fucking two mm-hmm. by, by Aston Villa. And it's going to happen again. Same with Watford, like I said the other day. When we were at the Watford game, everybody was terrible. Everybody's head went. And I was like, fucking hell, we haven't, we haven't lost and we get battered. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The point of this, Chris, is that every season, again, we've been spoiled the last two years because the people have started both seasons absolutely brilliantly, is that it always takes a little bit of time to get up to speed. So you've you have to kind of reserve judgments. You can't judge really where the team's at because it's not at its, it's not at its, it's not hit its groove just yet. So regardless of how any of us feel about it, it's, it is just, a, it is a bit early doors really to be doing any deep dive analysis into yeah, our Liverpool We just don't, as you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier on, we don't know what it's supposed to look like this season. We don't know what it's going to look like because we can't judge it on previous years when there's been crowds. It's not a previous year. It's a completely different year and everything, mm-hmm. the, the whole fucking world's changed at the moment. Is it any surprise that, you know, Liverpool players might have just been worried going into that game? It might have just affected them mentally about, you know, Sadio Mane, now she Kiri's picked it up. I don't know whether they'd have known about that. There's rumours of blazing rows till very late at night on Sunday after the game. There's just fucking all kinds going on at the moment. And, you know, not only that, people are worried about the family. People are maybe a little bit depressed because they're not able to go and speak to the family and all this type of stuff. And Liverpool players are probably in a much worse situation than us because they're being mollycoddled. Mm -hmm. They're going to be so under such strict isolation and bubble fucking rules that their old head might be gone. And like... And then all of a sudden you fucking fall one down at half time and you're like, this is shit. What, what am I even doing all this for if we're just getting beat 4-1 anyway? The amount, like, I'm not seeing my friends and family and all this. It must be so difficult. And it's, it's difficult for everyone, not just footballers. Yeah, that's it. And, and again, I think this is one of those things where my 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 gut feel on this is, and it, we'll have to get lucky with injuries. We will, you know, and fitness and COVID and all those kind of things. But I just think... You know, moving forward, if you've got one more of one more of Henderson, Mane, Thiago on the pitch, I think it eases a lot of that. Just I'll because of that. yeah, exactly. Just you know, but I think particularly, I think in the in the heart of the team, at the business, the the, the end of the pitch where you need to drive games forward, I think there that you know having more of that personnel will will definitely uh, aid us. Uh, Hakon Myra um, says, I thought the seven two loss would be devastating, devastating, and to some extent it is. Uh, but I was laughing the whole game everything that could have gone wrong to a club side did but the lads will get back to winning ways this season is mad yeah exactly that it was there was a, it was a, a just a, a feeling of utter lunacy that kind of crept over us all during that match social media wasn't that bad on Sunday yeah, I, mad, I, 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 I enjoyed it but like I was pretty surprised at the reaction I thought everyone's heads were going to fall off and have to switch the fucking thing off but it was like oh, sad. I was like, made up the same. I was made up with the reaction from people actually while we were doing the, the watch along Chris that I write I, I, you know there were rival fans in there but again I'm, I feel just quite exactly, exactly. Exactly. I feel look, there's an immunity to all of that stuff at the moment because we're so good. We've given it out for two. Oh god, yeah, absolutely. And then I think I'm, I'm pleased that largely people have kind of just gone. Yeah, you know, if they do it again. Then you know they're doing back to back games. That that's there's, there's a time to start being worried, but getting haven't at the moment. It's a freak result, and I think we can all largely. Kind of treated, yeah. As and and uh, listen, if it is a freak result, it might make us a stronger, better side off the back of it. And again, you know, the, the two best sides for me in world football are Bayern Munich and, and, and Liverpool. And I've mentioned them a few times today already, but you know, Bayern Munich only become the Bayern Munich of today when we hammer them in mm-hmm. their own ground in the Champions League two yeah. years ago, and and that's what's the springboard for their future successes mm-hmm. now if Aston Villa beating it dead early on in the league forces us to go out and improve and get better, then. Phew, you take a three-point loss for that. Yeah, I look at Liverpool. I think it maybe feels a bit like because Liverpool have lost three games this season, but two of them were penalty shootouts, and the other one is a seven-two absolute, you know, freak show Morlin. 
Um, and so I think, you know, when you look at it realistically, you know, again, if those weren't cup games, you've drawn two, you've actually drawn two and lost and lost one, you know, and that's why this is, and that this very much looks like an anomaly. It's, it, yeah, it kind of is what it is. It's so early in the season as well, isn't it? Exactly. It's, it is, it's too, I guess just I'm kind of saying overall and all this, it's far too early for anyone to be like, this is, this requires X, Y, and Z to be done. There's, there's plenty Unless of you're an Everton fan, in which case, fucking enjoy it. Oh, God. By yeah, the way, yeah, enjoy yeah. it at the moment for, for them. Like. And why not? Um, Scott Hawks uh, with the $25 US Super Chat. Thank wow, you, wow. Scott. Just looks, he's an amazing human being. Um, the high line is one part of our entire way of playing. The high line was the problem as much as not pressing the ball was, as much as bad ball controlling key areas, etc., etc. Yeah, as much as not taking chances. You know, like, you know, it's just. I keep putting it out to it. They had three efforts that I just think Anthony Ann saves or they may even miss and they end up in the in the completely away from the goalkeeper because they go in. They could it's just the butterfly effect. Like, you know, chaos theory, whatever you want to go to, they can go absolutely anywhere. And equally like the, the Bobby Firmino chance when he and he gets through on goal and he gets a shot off on the keeper, that's as that's probably on XG a much better a much better chance than three of their goals added together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, the only um, way that could have gone worse was a red card and four injuries. Oh god, yeah, 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 yeah. I, definitely. Um, Isaac uh, Rebello, Rebello um, from uh, New Zealand, uh, five dollars says new. Uh, some fans losing their heads after effectively anomaly an anomaly. It's easy for me to say. If I can get through pre pre God Almighty pre clop. LFC, uh, I can get through anything. Agreed, yeah. Um, and yeah, and Scott adds one more. Our standard play takes a lot of time to become second nature. It's why Jürgen waits to put players in the side usually. We had no pre-season and we don't have much time in training due to the number of matches. And yeah, again, I think Liverpool are best placed to continue a level because it's largely the same squad. In fact, vast, vast, vast majority of the same squad. They all used to play with each other. So I think we should, largely speaking, be, cap- be the most capable of maintaining a level because we're not going through a rebuild and we do have a deep level of understanding and they have, they're, we have got a squad full of proven winners now um, but I think what again it's just it, it shows that anyone's beatable and, and you know the fact that it's a freak it shows that yeah it, we, it, we, it should, should, we should know that we should know that anyone's beatable. We've yeah. been watching football for 35 years. Yeah. It's a constant. You know what I mean? Teams just don't go through, very rarely go through seasons unbeaten. Even the Invincibles lost in games, just yeah. not in the fucking league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It happens every single year to every fucking team. We've lost a game. Yeah, shit happens. Um, Ross, uh, Zelko Buvac has probably been interviewed for a documentary mm. and he revealed that he hasn't congratulated anyone from Liverpool on the title win uh, and, and again I'm get, I got this from Empire of the Cop so I don't know where the translation or whatever it was a YouTube a video yeah. that's been taken down really um, that yeah he effectively was talking about he, he's been doing Klopp's work for 17, 17 years, years. Um, what a massive tit do you know what we, we did it on the news show yesterday and I think he, he basically said he does all the work besides the media stuff for you know, for Mike Dortmund and, and Liverpool, so basically, Klopp just fucking puts the cones out for him. I think it's, it's, it's well, he, didn't, he didn't say that, by the way. Yeah. That's what he was saying. It's just the timing of it is so fucking weird. Like, he didn't particularly say, now, yeah, but, but, yeah, but like, where was this? Where was this conversation when we just won the Premier League or just won the Champions League? You know, he, he wasn't. He was probably that. having the same Julio style. Well, yeah. it was my team yeah. fucking conversations. That's basically what yeah. he did. I taught yeah. fucking Virgil van Dijk how to head the ball. Okay, mate, of course you did. Um, Sound like he said he was happy for the fans and all that, and it was dead interesting because in the in the article it kind of said note the admission from um, he didn't say Jurgen Klopp's name, so he's like I'm happy for the fans, for the staff, for, for everybody else, and like I just want to know what the fucking beef is to be honest with you. Yeah, what's the beef? What is the beef? He, um, yeah, I mean <laughs> we've been we've we've seen this kind of stuff before. You mentioned the and that like it's um, it's just the, the thing about it is that again it's just it, it, you're right. It's the timing, Chris. You know, we've now got, and this is one of the kind of shit I'm talking about because we have this running joke here on Redman TV about what is going to cause Liverpool fan fume during the international break because something always kicks off. And this has got all the hallmarks of that, of people staring up this whole. I mean, most people will just laugh it off, and, mo- and we all should, but. Yeah, this has got all the hallmarks of just seeing a little Mings on Twitter kicking off about... Yeah, um, look, you know what, there's a a few ways that you can look at this. One is, look, was he replaced? Yes, he was replaced. Um, You know, Pep Linders is coming as the, at the time, the co-assistant manager. I think he still is the co-assistant manager, is he? Um, But, regardless of that, 
you know, it's not the same side and we don't play the same way as we did do. Now, maybe he wanted a message off Jürgen, well, thanks for all your help over the last 17 years. We've finally done it and didn't get it. Maybe he's that disgruntled ex that feels like he built him. But the fact of the matter is, you can be a great coach, doesn't mean you're a great manager. And you can you can be a great manager and not be a great coach. And I'm not saying Klopp is, is any of those things, but certainly Klopp is the one manager in world football who I see recognise what the team around him does more than any other manager so it's really surprising to say this about Jürgen when every time you speak to him he's like it's the people around me they're the ones who do this can we, something we always talk about having worked in restaurants because for so long is like the assistant manager syndrome where it's always assistant managers or duty managers as well who just value their own importance more highly everybody, than, everybody does it it's not just the fucking assistant managers you leave a work and you think in some parts of you it'll get worse yeah. it, it never does it fucking it, it just carries on you know and, and sometimes it can get better and sometimes it can get worse and sometimes it's a slow fade like Everton Martinez's first season in charge was built on Moyes defence yeah. and he had a brilliant first season and everyone thought they were going to do really well and then that knowledge and that reinforced coaching from Moyes and the defensive side of things in Martinez's second year it fell to shit yeah. but in the first year he looked like the greatest manager ever because he's using the same players to do better than Moyes ever did yeah. it, it just happens yeah yeah, definitely I see it all the time you just, again, and again I'm not. it's a bit it's a bit on the disrespectful side, because Bootmaster was class for us. I don't think there's any, you know, he was a, he was a and he's obviously had a, a brilliant career alongside Jürgen Klopp. He deserves credit and respect for what he's achieved in the game. Um, and like Klopp, Klopp told us to respect him, you know, and Klopp told Liverpool to respect him and the way he was treated when we brought him brought him in. Um, and, and the way he was treated when he left, the fact that no one said anything. Yeah, yeah, That shows a level of respect as But well. this has all, this does just bear those hallmarks of, you know, it's the, someone who goes the extra mile and you, people, it's, the, it's all the intangibles. I go, you see it in restaurants all the time where you see you see the manager as being the guy who sat around in the office with his feet up doing fuck all because he doesn't have to get his hands dirty in the trenches and you feel like really it's the assistant manager that makes it all work and in most restaurants, to some extent it is, but also it's the intangibles that the manager brings. Bubat isn't at Liverpool if Klopp doesn't exist. He isn't at Dortmund if Klopp doesn't exist. You know, he's... Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp whether, if Jürgen Klopp does nothing, which is nonsense, by the way, in terms of his understanding of the technical sides and the training and all that kind of stuff, Jürgen Klopp's personality and charisma allows the club to function the way that it does because he allows everyone to be loads freer in all that kind of stuff. So it, it does smack a bitterness more than anything. It's also interesting that article, he also got asked like about him doing management. He's like, oh, I don't fancy it now because I think he's a, he's a sporting director somewhere. And he's like, oh, I've got loads of offers and I turn them all down. I said, like, oh, that's fine. But like you know, you can't say like you did all the work, and then someone says, "Do you want to be manager?" I'm the best. I'm the yeah. best manager yeah. that ever is. Prove it, yeah. yeah. Do you want to prove it, Paul? I don't fancy it now. Actually, it's yeah. shit. Smells smells really bad being a manager. So nah. Uh, uh, and then also, like this is all from a translated YouTube video, yeah, isn't it? So yeah. context and everything. I mean, you don't know how it was edited, and as I say, it's been pulled down, so I'm not even able to watch it. So you're reading the written words, and and that we know that that's uh, not always the most truthful of words. Yeah, open to interpretation. Um, so transfer wise, um, yeah, no new goalkeeper. I mean, I, there was never going to be a new goalkeeper. we were never going to sign. Someone else, and I, and I, if there's one potential weakness I think Jürgen does have. I don't think he knows what a good goalkeeper really looks like. Like I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we've got Allison, and I, you know, maybe he had a key hand in choosing, selecting Allison, whatever. But the way that he talks about goalkeepers, and let's be honest, like his Dortmund goalkeepers weren't. You never had the best goalkeepers in the world at, at, at Dortmund. And some of the ones that we've seen in and around Liverpool, I do wonder whether he just thinks goalkeeper, a goalkeeper's a goalkeeper. <laughs> like he's just made up. Maybe he's made up with Adrian. I don't know. It was Liverpool. I don't think we're ever going to do any knee-jerk reactionary business. Um, they clearly decided that maybe Adrian can be improved upon. But it's not wasn't something they were ever going to improve on this window. Yeah, and that doesn't mean to say that we don't do it in January. Mm -hmm. um, but with 24 hours left in the window, when you're probably thinking going into that that you don't need a goalkeeper, it's really desperate. It's like it's Man United Cavani levels of desperation at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had what three and a half months of being able to pick Cavani up for whatever they want and did it on the last day. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going to obviously throw shade while I talk this oh, point. Oh, God, absolutely. I don't think Adrian's good enough. Um, is he good enough to be a number two? Yeah, he's good enough to be a number two. Is he good enough to be a number two that's thrust into the side? Probably not, but there's not many that are. Yeah. I, I mean, that's why the number two goalkeepers, it's such a difficult position to buy for. <laughs> Where Who in their right mind is going to think to themselves... Oh, I can get Alisson out of this team. I saw someone saying, um, well, it was the fact that it was Harry Redknapp, wasn't it? Because it was transfer deadline day, so they obviously wheeled him out. But the, you said like, Liverpool should have gone Surprised for Sergio. Surprised never gave him a window. No, honestly. Liverpool should have gone for Sergio Romero. It's like... He's shit. Well, he's, he's good, but he's... Uh, like, why Man United are not selling Sergio Romero to Liverpool. No. Man United don't sell players <laughs> to Liverpool. So that's a fucking great. That's great. So get that can get in the bin. And then you look around at what else. Like We could have picked Joe Hart up at the start of the window. Can't, he can only dive one way. He's ways. terrible. Yeah, he, yeah, you know. And and again, Joe Hart is a perfect. I joke. I think actually Joe Hart is better than Adrian. It sounds silly to say he's miles better than Adrian, but he's. I think Joe Hart five years ago was. Yeah, I mean, but again, at that age, he's got charisma. He's big. He's agile. He's got international experience. He's he's got all the hallmarks of a good back of a good backup goalkeeper. Um, but he also comes with loads of problems. And then you look around at all these other people. Look at the first choice goalkeepers for half the, half the Premier League. You know, Pickford made a mistake. Edison threw one at the weekend. You know, Hugo Lloris has, has been couple of making mistakes. The problem, like Chris said, is is the timing. You know, you just lost seven two. You imagine ringing round clubs. Mm-hmm. Can I have a goalkeeper? Yeah, it's fucking ten million ten million pound more than they were worth last night. Like, he's going to get shafted for goalkeepers. I think the important thing it's is when you're ringing them at half time. Looking <laughs> 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 really desperate. Watching the match. No, <laughs> excellent. Well, on a completely unrelated matter to the match that's currently underway, uh, we're quite in the market for your spare goalkeeper. I, I, I think the important thing for Liverpool is to have someone who's a modern goalkeeper and fits the style that we play. Because we say the same thing about you know a right back or a winger. The reason Divock Origi doesn't he doesn't fit our system, I think the same can be said for a goalkeeper. Adjan was in his six yard box. And we played a high line, so you could have a massive gap to space. And I was saying that Alisson would have made a huge amount of difference, but he would have been on the edge of his box. You know, that pa- passing back, which Robertson was forced to do, you said yesterday he did the hard bit, he controlled it, but then he can't make a five yard pass. Having a modern day goalkeeper who played to that style of play, it's fine for them. But it's all order as well. Yeah, but, um, mm. but finding someone like that, is, like you just both said, is so hard to go and do. You could bring any goalkeeper, you could go and spend five million, ten million, twenty five million pounds on a goalkeeper. He's not Alisson Becker, Chris. So the first game, third time he pulls the gloves on for Liverpool, the opposition team are doing everything in their power to try and shit him up. And that's the unfortunately that's the nature of the goalkeeper position. And and only takes his one slight moment, you know, where the ball just deflects in a, in a, in a mad way. You've you've spilled one and you've conceded it, and you've ruined your career before things have even started. And this is, I mean, again, it comes down to it. Loris Carries is a better goalkeeper than Adrian. He's a better goalkeeper, but. Like, we've so many mistakes. Yeah, also, yeah, think about like going back to the timing point. What what are you looking at? So say say let's just put it in footy manager terms because it's nice and easy to explain it, right? You're probably starting off with goalkeepers backups because no one with 24 hours or on the day of deadline day so is selling their number one keeper to you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and especially when you haven't got loads of money like Liverpool at the moment. So then you're going, all right, okay, but backups, right, okay, but they're not going to sell their backup unless they've got a third keeper. So let's whittle that down to clubs with three half decent goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Oh look, there's none. There's Man United and Sergio well, Romero might be, Paolo, might be, might be it. Got floated around really late on, and I saw Christian Walsh taking stick for this because he, he did a bit of the. And again, he, he fell into the Jay Pearson trap with the respect, you know, with Jay. Like nobody, like there's nobody there. The Paolo Gazzaniga, and then he had to apply like, let's, I'm not saying no one really heard him. Ever, you know, most people will have heard of Paolo Gazzaniga, but most people haven't seen him play more than a handful. He had one good game against us not too not too long ago. Very good game. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's, he's fine. But again. If he's third choice goalkeeper at Spurs, he's behind Joe Hart, who we've chosen not to move. These, there's, there's, I mean, that might be a, it. Could just be a homegrown thing, you know what I mean? Like it could be the Scott Carson move for Joe Hart, um, you know, and that's why Spurs have gone for him because maybe he is worse than Gazaniga, but he affords you the option to have another man, another foreign player in your squad or whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's like the centre back issue for me, the goalkeeper thing. If you're gonna buy a goalkeeper. You've got you've got to buy you've got to tr- your backup goalkeeper is a very it's just you're right Chris it's a very difficult thing to buy for because they've got to have they've got to have a massive personality they've got to bring something to the table when they're not playing or they've got to be so they've got to be old 
I think you, you've got to be old and experienced, and if you're doing that, you're losing something. Because if you're a 30-odd-year-old goalkeeper and, you, and you're good, you're probably in a top, top team as their first-choice goalkeeper. So you're either going super old, right at the tail end, so you've lost agility, or they're already lacking some other attributes. Or you go the other probably way. Probably not the I, style of keeper that you want at that age maybe, as yeah, well. Maybe, too, maybe, too, maybe that too. I mean, again, like Pepe Reina, that I'm sure will have been will have been mentioned in the past. Well, it's too late. He's gone to Lazio. Um, maybe we should have picked him up, but obviously someone's analysed that and gone. It's just doesn't work. Maybe he's on twice as much. Maybe he wants twice as much money as Adrian, which is another factor in that as well. So you go the other way and you're looking at kids. Well, we've got young goalkeepers. We've bought a shit ton of young goalkeepers. Maybe that's the answer. But we also know that with young goalkeepers, you lack personality, charisma, and experience, which are massive intangibles about playing in that goalkeeper position. It's a shit show. It's a fucking. It's an absolute crapshoot trying to find a backup goalkeeper. And unfortunately, sorry, Ross, with Adrian, is that he just has made a few too many mistakes. And now that Allison's out, it feels like a. We'd have all in footy manager terms. We'd have all just gone and bought someone because it's not our money. Mm. And it's like playing. It's like playing. Who wants to be a millionaire on a on a fucking quiz machine? It's much easier than sitting in the studio. I'm sure. Exactly. Far easier. Just go. I don't know the answer. Fuck it. It's one of them. Oh, you've just lost fifty grand. Oh well, never mind. Oh, nearly. Yeah, you know, it's nearly. not. Quite it was a one in four. I think the only argument is. I know, I know it's hard because we've already just explained post-COVID and financial situations. Is that Liverpool maybe should have recognised that earlier? You know, he's. And the issue with Carries is he's got baggage. I, you know, it's all it's saying about yeah, he's got yeah. loads of personality. He's just fucking that seven goals in, and he's made he's made more mistakes. And the reason that he's he's done that is because he doesn't have the same mentality as as Allison does. But that also, and you think you made the point yesterday of are the defense thinking the same thing when he when he plays games now? Maybe, maybe, maybe. And you something you were saying as well, Chris. We're putting ourselves into that gap. We're putting our fear as fans into that. I'm not sure the Liverpool squad does feel that way because there's no way of knowing that. Like he's a big, dollar. exactly. Mm. But he's a big. But again, he's a big personality. He comes into the team. He does. He does what he does. He's not. He's not great. He has his issues. If there was a big issue, I think there's one thing we've seen conclusively on how Liverpool do business. If he was a big issue, we'd have fucked him off. Because yeah. again, we've got a prime age lad who was our first choice goalkeeper, who we've now sent out on loan again. Who's like again? He's a he's a senior lad. He played in a Champions League final, and I know, look, I know he cost us the Champions League final, but he was good enough to be our goalkeeper going ahead of Simon Mignolet. By the way, you know, who, who, who many of us would have back at this point. You know, we judge Carriers to be better than him, and we've judged Adrian to be a better fit for all that kind of stuff at the moment. That's different. He's, he's damaged. Goals, no, no, he no. But but the point is, this is again Allison. You're not banking on Allison to be out. I mean, well, he was out last season. Yeah, but he's just got a shoulder injury. He's just been. He's just took a beating in training. And you can go, well, that could happen any week. It could, but that could happen to any one of your players. Doesn't mean you go out and buy another seventy-five million pound centre half in case Virgil Van Dijk gets injured. Be nice though. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But that's the answer, isn't it? That is the solution. The solution is to have two world-class goalkeepers and four world-class centre halves and six world-class forwards and all that. It's not possible. So you have to make your peace, and you have to trust that your your, your world class players are available more often than they're not. And unfortunately, because Allison's out, we go. But he missed loads of games last season. It was completely unrelated. He picked up a calf injury by miss kicking a ball in the first game because he'd not had a pre season and he would play too much footy and he was worn down. Him getting clattered in training is not the same. Unless it happens again and again and again, he becomes Chris Kirkland, and then we all have to just fucking lose our heads. Um, just very quickly then, because I, I think we filled the time quite nicely, to be honest. Um, City drew with Leeds, which was great. Leicester got... I had Leeds to win that. I had a 10 really? on Leeds to win it, 8-1. They should have done as well. Oh. Um, Leicester got absolutely dicked by West Ham, which is... I mean, they, that that's the result for me, Chris, that it almost informed the fears. And I remember saying this going into the Villa game in the build-up to it. That was the result that should have had Liverpool on high alert because West Ham are fucking shite and they play, but they play in claret and blue, and Leicester are quite good. <laughs> and if, if West Ham can beat Leicester, who West Ham? Oh, West Ham should be. You know, the wheels are falling off. Their fans up in arms. The My club are terribly run. The fucking that club's in turmoil at the mm. moment. Like I mean, they've sold the best talent for like eighty million. They were on a buy to sell, weren't they? They've sold fucking nine players. I saw Nicky tweeting about last night, yeah, yeah. and they've brought in one player. I mean, it's just and the, the it's terrible, absolutely terrible. And they literally snotted Leicester mm. everywhere. And this is Leicester, who. 
just beat Man City. Hunted Man City everywhere the week. So West Ham are now better than City. Absolutely, West Ham are the best team in the league now, apart from Everton, obviously. Um, I mean, again, this is the point about it. Kind of going back to the point at the top, Ross is footy's mad. So. I think sometimes I think we do get a little bit kind of we have a blinkered view of footy sometimes we do a little bit myopic because we're so focused on Liverpool sometimes it's good to like kind of let the blinkers off a little wider look at the league and go it's it's all well good and fun laughing at Manchester City and laughing at Manchester United and we should do because we've got to enjoy our rivals losing when we can but make sure you've got your fucking belt on so you don't get pantsed yourself oh okay, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, exactly you know what that. I mean that, you know, but you've got to be aware of that whether we laugh at rival fans or not, accept that it's very likely that you're going to have it sent back at you, so be prepared for that and don't get upset when it comes back on you. But also, again, just this this notion that look, footy is a bit crazy. So Liverpool are not go- we're never going to win 38 games back-to-back this season. It's a shame, I no. think that, that softens the blow for, for a lot of fans and probably that's why partly why you saw the reaction that we did on, on Sunday. Yeah. You know, Alone in that day was the, the Leicester-West Ham-Man United game and you go back to do the ones. If we've been the only team, yeah, then to, get you to lose that, then yeah, I think yeah. it, I think it adds to that. But the context of the, of the weekend's action, yeah, and even the ones leading to that, you know, the, the four three against Leeds, you know, I think there was a couple more. Looking results. like a good result now, City do with them. <laughs> yeah, so you know, anything can happen. Like we said before, you know, I don't know when to expect things to calm down. Like this, there's, there's, there's an app. I won't mention who it is, but you've basically got to guess six correct scores, and then you win like a million pounds, like. Good luck with that. Like, no. what's the fucking one? But it's seven three for every game. I remember doing the um, doing the pools years ago. Like, and I hadn't done it all. I've had it all like, and then and I'm putting an acker on for the first time and being like, "This is dead easy because these are obviously going to win." Oh, like, yeah. I've just put just put Liverpool, United, City. You know, ooh, Arsenal, Arsenal home to Brighton. Well, there's a dead, there's a dead. Yeah, that's fine. Like, they get get a five or six team acker laughing. I'll be making hundreds every week off this. This just seems like easy money. Oh. I'm in a last man stands. Have you played a last man stands with anyone? I'm in a last man stands. We're already on our second game of it. We're four games into the season. By three, 20 people had gone out. And we only have to pick one team to win one game at the weekend. Right? Basically, like, so I, I think I went out on, I can't remember which one it was, United. I went out on United. I mean, just ridiculous. All you have to do is pick one team to win a game of football at the weekend and 20 of us couldn't get through three fucking weeks and it rolled over uh, and now we're on our second one and there's already about a quarter of the people gone because loads of pe- people picked Liverpool against Aston Villa and you're only picking one fucking side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Football's going to be the same, isn't it? Yeah. What's the fucking point? Yeah, madness. Absolute madness all along. Uh, I think you're top of our draft league at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, that's what yeah. I Let's hope it, meant. Let's hope it continues the madness. Um, Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thanks everyone who sent the comments in on all of this. Um, yeah, we're ever in the top of the league. Uh, it's mad. That's another thing as well. It's two weeks of shit-eating grins off Evertonians. Like, I'd forgotten, because I, I said this, two me, two me three brother-in-laws are, are Villa fans, the other one's an Arsenal fan, and I'd forgotten about my father-in-law is an Evertonian when he dropped the kids off and then made some, like, I ran... He said, I mean, he can't help himself with shit puns, but he was like, something about the kid... We went past yours seven times, and I was like, I, I don't I don't understand. And he had to go, seven I was like, you lost seven two, huh? and I was like, all right, Sal, yeah, okay, Sal, I get what you're getting at. Like, we got we got swatted by Everton in your top of the league. It was did you see the video of the little kids with the Everton all, kids yeah. on outside Anfield, and someone put like, Miss Allison wears the number seven, get him the new kit, you scruffs or whatever. I mean, like, we conceded seven. Richarlison, there was something in there that would have been perfect. Because no. Richarlison do a cryptic tweet or oh, something like that, God, did he? Yeah, yeah but just... the little kid gets out of the car and shouts blue and white shape, but he's got, I think he's number 30, the old the old one. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, we've got all that. We've got a couple of weeks of that until the derby. Let's hope we put them in the place. Um, what a game to go back to, though, after after a 7-2 defeat. Fucking miss it. Well, arguably... You know, on form, underdogs. Yeah, oh, fucking mental. Oh, you're going into oh, the game of like that. underdogs. That's yeah. amazing. They'll have a week of a loving life, and then they're going to have a week of oh, we're the favourites for the game. We're the favourites for oh the game. God, we can't, we we can't lose to them. Yeah. They're behind us. If we win, oh my god, we're going to go 15 points. They're going to shit the bed. That's where it'll benefit us. Them not having people in the stands. 
maybe. Yeah. yeah, maybe. But then they're loving life. Without fans ruining their hopes and ambitions. To be fair, they look like a really good football team at the moment. Yeah. Craig Adams dropped in a $5 super chat. Thank you so much for that. And another one. He said, lads, top chat and channel watching from Australia. I, for one, am excited to see how we react to that humiliation. I hope the boys come back angry. I completely agree on that. And Paul Tregoning says, short term memory when emotions are involved. After Alisson got injured in game one last season, Adrian helped us to win the next eight games. It's a team sport, and the entire team didn't turn up. Um, yeah, it's um, look, it is what it is. Is the thing about the Adrian thing? No amount of us thinking Adrian's not good enough, or being annoyed that Adrian's in goal, or being angry with Adrian or whatever, has any impact on how Liverpool play. It's only just your. It's the it's the fear of knowing that he, knowing in inverted commas that it's he's going to fuck up and like living the disaster that hasn't happened and may not happen, it's no way to live. Thankfully, he can't hear us or go, <gasps> every time he gets the ball through the televisions, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, if we were in the ground, that yeah. might have a much bigger impact yeah, than exactly. if we're at home. Completely agree on that. It's, again, it's just the, it's the Everton world they're living in now. They haven't got their own fans breathing down no, their but, necks. I mean, to like, be fair, it? the defenders are literally going, <gasps> every time <laughs> it comes out for the fucking ball. Like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, right, listen, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, uh, if you've watched uh, us live then that's amazing do drop a like on the video here on YouTube if you listen to us on podcast apps after the fact then leave us a five star review there's some incredible Redman merch doing the rounds right now if you're on YouTube you can have a look underneath um, I don't know what the size got the advert queued up um, but if you what? Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, here's a little advert that shows you some of the amazing stuff. Uh, but yeah, go and click through, check out the website, and have a look at other stuff like the Tiago T-shirt that is brand new on there as well. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. See you all soon. Ta-da. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.